Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Felicity Dowd is a singer-songwriter from the south coast of New South Wales who released her first single, Blue Skies, in 2021, the song Handle It last year, and this year the really lovely song, not that the others weren't lovely, this one's lovely too, Honeycomb and Glue, and I'm going to ask her about it. Hello, Felicity. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. It is a it is a great song and, of course, a really distinctive title, Honeycomb and Glue, so I'm going to ask you what was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, it definitely does stand out. It's not every day that you hear those two words in the same sentence, but it was actually really interesting. Uh, When I was younger, I used to put one or two random words on a page and try and write a whole song about it. And this song came about last year. I decided to try and do that technique again, just put two single words down. And I mean, the first step is always trying to work out how they correlate together. And for me, that was definitely the stickiness of both words. And I kind of related that to that connection that we feel to one another, be that your partner, your loved one, your family member, your friend, anyone. Um, And I found that beautiful connection existed there as well as these two words together. (laughs) I'm so interested in your technique of putting two random words on a page. So was that that to help like a technique that you thought, oh, I need some way to 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 inspire myself to write songs or to get ideas and this is just going to be what I do oh absolutely so I write songs at least once a week to every day almost I just I've always been obsessed with it since I was about nine or ten and after a while being a young person you slowly lose a bit of the inspiration you know you go out and you I don't know hang out with someone and then you write songs about that but then after you're like oh okay now I've got no life experience to write about but um For me, I always try and find these techniques and these methods of trying to get myself to think outside the box. And a lot of the time, the songs that come out of it are rubbish. I'd never play them to anyone. But uh, this was one of those beautiful things where I kind of gave myself a really short period of time, two single words, and tried to write just whatever came out of me. And it just created this really very authentic kind of piece that I was really, really proud of. Um, I have to tell you, I think when you're older as well, inspiration can be hard to come by. It's just generally, I think, it's especially when you're creating a lot the way you are, obviously, it's just sometimes the well is going to be a bit dry. But you talked about some of the songs being rubbish, I suppose, given how long you've been, not that you're you know, an old person, but given that you've been writing for a while, um, you probably realise that you need the rubbish to, to clear out for the good stuff to come through. Oh, absolutely. And it's something I encourage like a lot of kids and younger people to do as well. They'll often sit there and go, oh, every time I write, the song's not very good. And uh, I like to remind them um, that most writers have probably a book and a half of really bad songs to get that one gem that really stands out and you're really proud of. And it's one of those beautiful things. You can't let the critic kind of come into the room until after you finish writing. Mm-hmm. So I treat every song the same when I'm writing it. Even if it's rubbish, it's still a song, it's still an emotion and it's still a story. So I still put that same kind of effort in, but then afterwards I'll decide, okay, is it something that I want to sing? Is it something I want to release? Or is it something that might go on the shelf for a little while and I might come back to it later or it was just good practice? Yeah, right. Um, 
when a song like Honeycomb and Glue comes to you, because you said you, you know you decide after what happens to it, but do you have like a little like a little feeling, a little instinct about something that's gonna work? Oh, uh, I definitely I'll sit there and I'll play it like 60 times in a row. And every time I just like sit there in it. And it's this really weird moment where it's just once I finish this song, it's just me and the song in a room by myself. Sounds kind of lonely, but it just like fills me with this like certain feeling that's so hard to describe but it's from that moment I know that it's going to connect and obviously I start road testing them I start performing them at places and seeing how other people connect to them as well and this is one of those beautiful songs that like straight away instantly people were you know saying that they loved the song they wanted it to represent their relationships and they related to it so that as a songwriter is such an amazing thing to hear. Well from what I understand people have been playing it at their weddings does that mean you've been playing it at their weddings I have played it at a few weddings yeah so I do a lot of ceremonies and stuff so um I've had a few people be like oh sing your love songs and sing these and I've had people come up to me after gigs and say when are you recording this one um obviously back before it was released saying we want this to be our wedding song we want this to be our song let us know when it's um out so I've obviously been sending it to those people getting in touch with them letting them know it's out and it's just such a rewarding experience because quite often I write about other people's emotions, but this song was very much something I connected with and to see other people connect to it as well is such such an awesome feeling. Yeah. So you, you're clearly a very diligent songwriter. You, you know the place of craft and sticking with it and showing up. Is this something that was there from the start of your songwriting? Was it something that you actually learned being a musician that, you know, you have to practice, 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 and then you get to do the good stuff? Yeah, well, it was actually interesting. I feel like I've always been quite a determined person, um, even from a kid. I mean, my mum used to say the quote to me, hard work beats talent till talent works hard. And I've always kind of had that in my mind. If I'm not the best at something, I can always work on it to be better. And you know, no one's perfect. There's always going to be someone that's a lot better than you at something. So you might as well get in there, give it your best shot. And songwriting has definitely been one of those things and just playing music in general where I kind of started on the back foot. I didn't start performing until I was about 13, whereas most of my peers started when they're about eight. So it was kind of just go time. I've got to put as much effort in as I feel like doing and basically having fun with it is the main thing and just trying to get as far as I can. And I had an English teacher at school who said talent and application is an unbeatable combination. Bit of a variation on yours, but I think in your case also true. Uh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so your um your singing voice is so well developed. I mean, you said you started you know, performing at 13, um, but there's such a lovely tone to it. I'm wondering when you did start performing was that tone there? Is it something that you've actually consciously developed? Well, it actually, it's definitely something I've developed over the years. Uh, when I was, the running joke in my family is when I was about six or seven, I could not sing a note. Like you'd hear me sing and you'd be like, oh, she's trying. It's good. <laughs> but um, I actually learned, started learning piano at about six. And from sitting at the piano and hearing the notes all the time, I slowly kind of registered how to sing and through working through I've had some beautiful teachers over the years including Lynn Botel hmm. so working with those people and obviously performing as much as I could that voice has definitely developed and I've worked out songs that do kind of suit my tone songs that don't and 
also had a bit of fun playing songs in as many different genres as possible. So always trying to add a bit of something fresh and see what my voice can do because it's quite cool. Sometimes you'll look at a note and you'll be like, no, I can't hit that. But if you slowly work on it, you'll get there eventually. Because Handle It is a different style to the other two songs um, and it's more of a, a poppy feel. So clearly pop music may also be on your future. Yeah, no, I, I remember going into Rod Motby, who's my amazing producer down at Tracking Dog Studios, and basically my goal is I don't want any song to sound identical. Mm-hmm. I feel like every song kind of has its sound and its story, and I want to be able to, rather than being like, this is my music, I want it to sound like this. I want to be like, well, that's the music that that story deserves. So kind of every song so far has had a different tone and I absolutely love the process from when I take it into Rod and when it comes out at the end. Quite often, like Handle It, for example, was like this very slow ballad, but we slowly started getting inspiration from Fleetwood Mac and all these awesome 70 bands and it became this awesome kind of, retro modern pop song which I absolutely love so it's an awesome process to be a part of and I am very happy that I have kind of the support around me to be able to express myself in as many different ways as possible. When you were growing up and forming your um, identity as a musician I guess what music were you listening to? So actually a lot of folk and country music. Um, When I was a kid, my dad used to play country music in the car. I grew up with the Chicks and Garth Brooks, Casey Chambers, Lee Kernighan, all of those guys. But as I got a bit older, uh, my family moved to Cabago, uh, which is where the Cabago Folk Festival is, which is a massive folk event. And the whole Bigger Valley area is a very folk-orientated area. So there's a lot of folk artists. There's a lot of opportunities for folk artists. So I kind of slipped into that because I found the storytelling was very similar between folk and country music. And now I've just gotten so many experiences through both genres. They're very much linked together, and it is a really beautiful thing. People cross between them all the time. Like this weekend, I'm up at the Sydney Folk Festival, so just kind of seeing all those people that you know are there for the stories and therefore the emotions and that part of the songwriting is beautiful and yeah definitely country and folk they're probably my main two genres and definitely the ones that have inspired me the most over the years. Now you mentioned Lynn Botel and I imagine you might have met Lynn for the first time at the Junior Academy of Country Music which you attended. (laughs) Um, It's still uh, actually visited the Junior Academy this year at Lynn's invitation and it still blows my mind that that children because you know that's that's what you are at the time (laughs) can be such incredible musicians Um, because I learned instruments as a child there's no way I could have done anything like that. So how did you come to be at the Junior Academy? Yeah, so it was really interesting. I had only been performing for about a year when we found out about the Junior Academy. I, The year before I went, I had done a busking championships and then decided, yep, I love this. I want to keep playing and told my dad I want to go to Tamworth. And he was obviously straight on board because he loved country music. Yeah. But um, when we first went up to Tamworth, we heard all this talk from all the other kids at obviously the Talent Quest. And they were talking about this Junior Academy of Country Music. And I had never heard of what it was before. So I applied for it. And I thought, if I don't get in, I don't get in. But if I do, it'll be an awesome experience. And I was lucky enough to receive the letter back saying that I was in. And honestly, I have made lifelong friends from that program. It was so incredible for giving me that confidence to kind of form my artistry and keep going with it. 
and even last year I went back to the senior academy I loved it so much just Mm -hmm. the people that you meet and the things that you learn from these people that have been in the industry for such a long time it's honestly a priceless experience yeah it's um it's, it is a phenomenal professional development opportunity, regardless of whether it's junior or senior academy. But for you going to senior academy, did it feel like, okay, well, now I'm going because this is my path. Or I suppose junior academy, you're thinking, I hope this is my path. But yeah. you kind of made that commitment to do it. I, I definitely feel like that was the case. Like, Because obviously when you're a kid, you don't know what you're going to do when you grow up. I was still kind of set on the fact that I'd be a news presenter, (laughs) but um, as I got a bit older, it was kind of like, no, I actually have a shot at music. I might as well, while I've got the chance, move out into a band. I might as well start doing this full time, do the academy, get all those life skills in there because they teach not just the music side of things, but the business side as well, which is super important these days. And yeah, honestly, the things that I learned this year have helped me throughout the rest of the year I've gotten so many tips and I now kind of see a path for myself in the music industry in some capacity forever. Now you mentioned that you moved into a van and uh, (laughs) which I found out just before we started recording Um, so this is part of your commitment to music you are you are moving and playing in various places around Australia. Yep I was super inspired by you know Slim Dusty, Fanny Lumsden there's been so many incredible Australian country artists over the years that have just gone stuff it where going in a van and going to tour the country and I was struggling a lot um, with living in accommodation at uni I was in an apartment and I just did not like being surrounded by people I felt really disconnected from you know the land and the environment around me so moving into a van was actually one of those decisions that I made to kind of try something new see if it worked and just get the opportunity to travel you know as a uni student you do have a lot of big breaks and a big holidays so you can kind of travel from place to place I recently just got back from a tour where I did uh from out to Broken Hill down to Adelaide through South Australia Great Ocean Road and back up again and it's just such incredible experiences and I feel so very lucky to be able to have moved out uh, to be able to tow the van full stop (laughs) and uh yeah it's Honestly, I have never been happier. Uh, you mentioned studies and you are studying, you're doing media studies because you also mentioned that you thought about being a news presenter. So <laughs> are you, I guess you're still studying, so you feel that media studies is a good path for you as well. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. So it's a very practical course, the one I'm doing. So it relies very heavily on, like, creating media content. So I do a lot of work at folk festivals and stuff through volunteering and um, positions to actually help with their marketing teams. So I find that's a really good way for me to give back to those festivals and those committees that have given me opportunities since I was like 13 and 14. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing because I can kind of use the techniques that I'm learning at uni for both my own personal growth as an artist through obviously social media, but also for these festivals through website design and all sorts of different things so it's pretty cool and even though I haven't gone down a fully journalistic path um, I've definitely used it in so many different aspects within my own career. 
Yeah, so your life is very full. <laughs> I don't know how you've actually got time to drive the matter out of a 20 minutes. It, it is interesting. I feel like so at the moment I've got Monday, Tuesday classes and basically I'll go in to uni, I'll sit there all day just studying, getting everything done and then I'll travel basically from Thursday onwards. So Wednesday is like business day and then right. everything else, it's kind of like squeezing it into a tight schedule. But one thing I've definitely focused on is obviously it is a lot of time on the road and a lot of time by myself. So making time for those social aspects as well is such an important part um, and making time for those catch-ups. And I have always found driving very therapeutic. So I find it's a really nice separator between uni life, music life, and, you know, personal life. So, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned that you set aside a day for songwriting once a week. Is Does that mean that when, you know, if ideas come to you while you're driving, for example, um, or at other times that you're actually just collecting them? And so when you have that dedicated time to do it, you'll address them then? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of times that I've, like, been, like, sitting there humming something, waiting for the next, like, turn off that I can quickly jump into. Um, yeah, a lot of, like, if someone's sitting next to me in the car, it's like, quick, write this down, put it on a pad. Um, and then obviously when I do have time to write, I'll come back to it later um, and, you know, look through those ideas. I think I've probably got about 500 ideas in dot points on my phone that I can just kind of scroll through. Look, have I done that one yet? Or do I have, can I feel anything about this idea right now? So there has been a few songs I've written whilst driving and kind of just had to cycle through until I can stop and write it down. But it definitely, yeah, inspiration strikes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard this quite a bit that driving is is a, a good uh, opener of channels, I guess, creative channels, but, of course, impractical in terms of getting the, the notes down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely driving and having a shower because I feel like you're definitely focused on one task but you're not yeah. really thinking about anything. So your brain just starts branching off into, oh, this is a great songwriting idea. <laughs> so given that you are... Uh, you know, permanently traveling, I guess, or permanently available to travel. Does that mean that you're booking your gigs not too far ahead? Like you're just sort of going where inspiration strikes you or do you have to book quite far ahead? I find I do have to book quite far ahead also in terms of holiday times because trying to get caravan sites can be quite challenging sometimes. <laughs> but, no, I do find I book quite far ahead and, you know, there are some trips that I can't take my caravan. Like next week I have the Gimpy Music Muster. I'm in the Talent Quest, for example, I can't really drive it up there because that's about 16 hours and I'm one person. So instead you fly those gigs and then you come back. But things like the tour and that, that was very much a 12-month lead up to it, you know, working out what releases do I have coming up, uh, what songs do I have coming up, who do I know in those areas that I know will come to the gigs, who do I want to reach out to in those areas, you know, to meet or catch up with. So it's definitely a lot of preparation but I always find it so worthwhile afterwards because once you've put in that hard work you can kind of just really sit back and enjoy it and mm. enjoy the people you're meeting enjoy the experience and I love to do all the tourist stops on my way so I'm definitely like oh heritage center okay we're driving in there so <laughs> um, yeah you definitely you plan out a lot of the accommodation and the gigs but then you just kind of let the rest be rather spontaneous yeah um so coming up for you music wise i imagine you'll be working on some some more songs if you don't already have some recorded 
yes, I do have some recorded. It's working out dates and releases. So it can be a bit tricky sometimes, but I definitely have so many more in the pipeline uh, ready to kind of see the world. So very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited too because the, the first three have been fantastic. So um, Felicity, it's been so lovely to talk to you. You are a very interesting, very well-organised <laughs> An inspirational person actually I've found it inspiring talking to you so thank you very much for your time and oh, I look thanks. forward to your next release oh, thanks so much for having me <laughs> thanks for listening to the sunburnt country music podcast for more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to sunburnt country music on Instagram Facebook and TikTok <laughs>